Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Supervalue GEA podcast on Christmas week here in Cavan. I'm sure like everybody else, the local area is thronged here in Cavan town beside uh, We Are Cavan Towers. Um, but I'm glad to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Celtic, who I know, without a shadow of doubt, has all his Christmas shopping done, wrapped and under the tree at this stage, Paul. I have, yeah. <laughs> you think so, David? <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't be male if you if you really had all that done at this stage, and you definitely wouldn't be busy. And I don't think we can ever say that you're not a male and not busy. So, we'll, no, we'll let you know that. Don't be assuming my gender, if you don't mind, please. Well, we are living in in uh, new times. <laughs> <laughs> Just think, you need to tread unbelievably carefully at the minute. Definitely, definitely. But anyway. We're, we're, we're in very new times in terms of uh, we're going to be looking back over um, an event that that I think I think having a fall out of love with convention in the GEA and it used to be such a, a, a talking point for weeks. It used to be such a long event where people would get things off their chest and get debating and get discussing. It was a bit of a damp squib, was it? I, I would say they all are Damien at this stage um, I've been covering them now for 15 years and the first few weren't too bad the first few I suppose I caught the tail end of it it's like Tony Soprano says about the to his to his psychiatrist about the mafia do you ever get the feeling that you, you got in at the tail end of something after all the good times are gone I think I got in at the tail end of covering the convention and uh, probably some of the characters that who used to go and bang the table and, and really hold things to account Um might have stopped attending conventions at that stage. They get shorter and they, and shorter and they kind of get tamer and tamer and it's kind of the way governance in the GA has gone. This great gathering of the tribes that happens every December is no longer really a big event. It's just more, it's almost ceremonial. Unless unless you have elections. But you don't get people contesting uh, for elections anymore. Part of that, I, I imagine, is the five-year rule. Because you know that, look, it's probably bad etiquette or it's probably not the done thing to, to contest uh, an officership when the person's only had a year to get in there unless it's a personal vendetta you have or unless it's uh, your it's a particular issue that you're campaigning on you have to remember it's all politics it's not the done thing to challenge the person after maybe a year get let, let them get their feet under the table maybe it goes to the second year but that stage around the home stretch it's a five year term so I think that has cut down on elections and what tends to happen is I don't remember any sitting officer uh, being having their position contested. Uh, as far as I remember, I don't. I know there was a contest for central council between Don Kogan and Kieran Callan a few years ago, but 
I think I'm right in saying that that was a vacant position at the time. Uh, so the contest element really only comes around every now and then. This year we had no contests at all for election of officers. So that took away a lot of the excitement. Generally, the focus of it is, well, look, to explain how it works. So it's, it's a meeting, obviously. Um, you've got four delegates from every club are, are supposed to attend the, the convention. You've also, so it, it'll be held in a hall around the county somewhere. Um, this year was Ballina. Ballina applied to hold it this year. Next year it's going to be Lara. I think next year it's going to be Lara, um, because next year will be Kieran Callan's last year. Uh, he lives in Lara, so I think that's the way that's going to work. Um, which would be common as well uh, that you would do it that way. It sort of honours an outgoing uh, official as well. You get that with the president sometimes when a new president is coming in. Um. Congress will be held in their in their hometown or whatever. So they might Congress might only take place in Crow Park every second year or whatever. So you had like, for example, Aegon Farrell was elected. Or Aegon was there when Congress came to Steve Russell. So you've that you've that sort of thing to consider. Um so there's four people there from every club. Then you have the top table, which is the executive of the county board. So you've all the various officers there, your secretary, chairman, treasurer, PRO. Youth board officer, um, and there's a lot of officers that you mightn't re- people mightn't realize, like just health and wellness officer, and 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 that sort of stuff. There's an insurance officer, I think, is part of the executive as well. I think I'm right in saying. So, they're all sitting up the top, and it starts off where someone from the host club will welcome the, welcome people there, um, and when it's in the Kilmore, which is kind of like, it's kind of like the go-to place in Cavan. They have it in the Kilmore every couple of years. It's it's technically hosted by the Kilgarry Club when it's in the Kilmore. So someone from Kilgarry will will uh, welcome the delegates to the Kilmore at, the, at that. As I said, the last day it was Balanya. So someone from Balanya welcome the delegates to that. And then the, they'll basically rattle through it. So you've got all these reports. You've got a big tick book, it's like a binder, um, and it's you know it's got to two hundred pages. It's full of all the reports. To be a youth board report, to be a coaching officer report, or be you name it. There'll be graphs and. Secretary's report, Liam McKay's report, he would always include basically a match report of every game Calvin played at nearly all levels, which fills up a lot of the book. And so the first thing that happens is the chairman will call on the treasurer to give his treasurer's report, which is Martin Cahill, who's going to now be the head of operations. So that was his last treasurer's report. So I've never seen a treasurer's report being delivered by anyone other than Martin because he's been there 15 years. Mm. Then it'll go into the... uh, This is when there's no contests it'll go into the adoption of all the reports and they'll run through they literally will run through all that um one after the other so the chairman will say okay on page 100 you've got the Horland officers report on page whatever you've got the score report and, and at the end they'll ask someone to propose and second those reports on block and they will ask is there any questions questions generally are not forthcoming at these things like it's just <laughs> Can I interrupt on this one? Because yeah. this is something that I, and again, you can you can clarify. I wasn't at convention this year for uh, family reasons. I couldn't make it. But so the, the booklet with all of these reports in it, all of the details of the goings on of Cavan GEA is given out as you go into the meeting. Is that correct? You don't get it like three well, the hard No, the hard copy is now. I, I, I I think I'll check my email while I'm talking to you, but I think that it is distributed in advance, a soft copy of it. Uh, 
so okay so there is there is the opportunity there for for um, to look at and and study and then prepare questions if they want because i i did make an inquiry to try to get it and i couldn't get it before the meeting so i was just curious as to was that common practice or yeah it's have the, the the booklet before they go into the meeting i think i think so yeah i think it is distributed a uh, soft copy of it is distributed um like I, I was I was sent it this year um on the Tuesday. I was sent a soft copy on the Tuesday. I'm looking at it here now, yeah. With so, the with the meeting on the Wednesday. The meeting was on the Thursday. On the Thursday. Yeah. So you have, as you said, two hundred odd pages of information, hundred and fifty six pages of information, uh, and, and two days to kind of decipher through it. I I don't know. I, I know. I, I know. I know what you're getting at, Damien. But I don't think it encourages debate. I it doesn't. Do. It doesn't. It wouldn't encourage debate. I, I agree with that. But really and truly, what is going to be debated? The, I think the the youth board, uh, the youth board officers' report needs to be debated. Not. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with it, but I'm saying that's something that definitely should be examined. The coaching mm-hmm. officers' report needs to be examined, um, and the accounts obviously need to be closely examined by delegates. Not suggesting that anything be done wrong or anything like that, but these are there should be scrutiny of these things, like because you will hear, you will often hear uh, football people in Cavan or GA people, where essentially the majority of them are football people. You'll often hear them referring to the county board as them and oh, oh, they they did this or they did that, and oh, should they just want to get money in for this or that? And then you'll go to a, to a convention. Now, I don't I don't cover the meetings during the year. Very rarely, unless there's something big coming up, like a new manager or something. But you'll go to one of these things, and there won't be a peep out of them. Now, mm. there was also a situation a few years ago where Larry McCluskey, Lord of Mercy, on him from Coothill, he was a great man to to uh, raise a bit of a row at, at these at these meetings or to open debate. Yeah, yeah, he would. He he would challenge the, the county board. And yeah. uh, now, Larry. Larry was literally theatrical. Like he literally had one man shows on, on stage. He, he used to go to Edinburgh Festival or something. So he was he was theatrical and he was very loquacious. And I enjoyed him. But he used to get sneered at, or he used to be sort of sniggered at a little bit, where it was kind of like, okay, there's gonna be a little bit of joust in here between Larry and the top table. This is a this is a sort of um comic sideshow here. Which isn't which isn't that definitely wouldn't have have fostered debate either because you don't want to be seen as uh, the the crank from Coothill or the, the the here's this looper from Red Hills standing up that's that's going to just try and come up with something for the sake of it. And part of Larry, part of Larry's thinking would have been development as well. Like, but also he like I remember he he had he took a stand against the saying saying of the prayer one time and saying that it was contrary to the official guide that we would that we would say a prayer at the start of the meeting or whatever and he's probably right there but technically in under rule or whatever but some of his some of his objections or his queries had had a lot of validity to them so yeah it is it, it, the delegates tend to sit quiet as church my so what the first time i realized it was covering a convention way back it must have been 2011 or something and no before that i'd say 2010 i think we had lost the first round of uh, minor, senior, and uh, under twenty-one, we were being knocked out in the first round of everything. And 
if you come out of the convention that night, you think, "Why, Jesus, Kevin, Kevin had some year?" Because it, it was like it was a people were tapping themselves on the back that time. Uh, so, so that kind of led, led me led me to think this is no longer really the forum for debate or the forum for speaking truth to power or anything like that. Um, like, it just doesn't work that. Can I ask you at convention on last Thursday night? Was there a discussion around? Football or hurling or handball, the actual playing of them in any way, or how they're coached, or how was there discussion? Was there anybody asking questions from? And again, this is more. I I, I want to make this clear. I, where, the point I'm coming away with on this is that I'm nearly starting to 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 row in behind you and say, do do the delegates, do the actual people care anymore about? what's going on in football in Cavan or Horland in Cavan or handball in Cavan enough to come up and have a discussion around it. Well, first to answer your question, first and foremost, they don't care about Horland or handball in Cavan. Um, that's, that's just reality. The vast majority of people who are involved in GA clubs of Cavan are, 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 they might have a soft spot for other GA codes or but the football people, which is, which is fine. That's just the way it is. There are people that they've never, Claim to be anything else, and they're they're volunteers, and they're doing they're doing their bit for their club, for their football club, and that's just the way that is. And I kind of wouldn't hold that against people. That's just the culture that we have. Like it's easy for me to say that as as a handball person, maybe they should be doing more for handball. What have I ever done for Ireland as a handball person? Or mm. no, no, nothing. Let's be honest here. So, uh, I I just think that's fine. You'd wonder though, as a football county, like. There is there a level of apathy? There there is like there definitely is. And again, it didn't. It doesn't matter if we won the All Ireland in every grade we played last year, or if we lost by ten points in the first round of every grade we played this year. It's amazing to think that that we have a convention and really and truly there's no level of scrutiny whatsoever coming from the floor towards the top table. Zero. It's not a healthy. That's not a healthy no. position. And I I'd say it's it's. I don't know. It, is it replicated around the country? There was a contest for chairman in, in Tyrone the other night and uh, three went for it. There was actually one guy in Tyrone who lost three contests on the same night, which is which is an unwanted record, I'd imagine he sat there. The former chairman is back in as secretary in Tyrone. There'd be a lot of politicking and manoeuvring going on in Tyrone. You do get the sense a little bit in Cavan that a lot of this is sewn up uh, before it starts. And I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that that is... Uh, is there anything sinister around about that? I'm not. I'm not saying there's anything sinister or anything like that about how it works. It's just the way it works. You're talking about an executive who puts so much work into things, so many hours, and they're dealing with large sums of money, and they're dealing with staffing matters, and they're dealing with infrastructural things and all that. Can, is it? Would it be wise practice for them to leave things up to the whims of of a a large body of people? who don't know the ins and outs of it and probably haven't taken the opportunity to educate themselves as they should about certain topics. Mm. And, you know, I can I, see I, I can see why it's done that way as well. But the other thing is that the executive vote on block. Yeah. And that, that's something that I'm not entirely com comfortable with. I don't think that's good, that the executive vote on block, because there's 20-odd on the executive. And when it comes to any issue, you've got 20 votes going straight off towards a certain, going in a certain direction. And so it's hard, it would be hard to, to uh, say vote down the executive or vote vote against something that the executive is pushing through, 
uh, because you might only have 80 odd in the room or whatever it is. So uh, my figures aren't exactly right there, but that's just that's just the way these things go. Look, it's politics. It is. It's it's politics. Well, somebody and again, what I've heard in the last week and most of the comment that, that are coming out from around convention and it's probably from people who aren't at convention, which is disappointed. Like, I wonder how many clubs had all four seats filled um, last last Thursday night in, in, in Baranya. You know? Funnily enough, I would imagine most of them, but funnily enough, um, there usually is is a sort of a roll call at the start where they check that. And I, I think it probably wasn't done the last night because there was no votes to be taken. But I do I ha- do remember other conventions where Liam McCabe would start off and he'd say, he'd have his list of the people who are attending and he'd, he'd start off in alphabetic order and he'd say Arva, four, whatever it is, Butters Bridge, three. And they would check that off and make sure that's right when it comes to a vote. In case, I suppose that would be a situation where someone would say, well, some lad could sneak in at the end and miss the vote. And then it could, if it comes down to a one vote thing, he could say, well, where was my vote? I voted or whatever. Uh, again, it's it's politics, but I would say there was a full compliment there from from most clubs the last day, especially as we hadn't had full conventions in the last couple of years. Um, I'd say some of these delegates got back out. The really what it comes down to now is you have a chairman's address. Uh, the secretary doesn't make an address on the night, but Liam McCabe's report is in is in the in the booklet. Uh, Kieran Callahan as chairman will make an address, and he he'll always make some interesting comments. Generally, we make some interesting comments and observations. Probably the the most eagerly anticipated thing, or the thing that probably keeps the attention most of the delegates, is the the treasurer's report. And I have to say, Martin Cal delivers a, a forensic treasurer's report, and he's he is very transparent, and he's always open to taking questions from the floor. There have been other years there have been the odd question from the floor. This year there were none, but uh, his. His report is very transparent, and it's a set. It's a set um, structure to the accounts, which is decided by the GA. So there's set, there's set headings. Um, let's say, for example, Schedule A is income, and the headings which all your income go, goes under are gross local gate receipts, national league share, commercial income, fundraising activities, other income, and income from associated bodies. And if you go around any county in Ireland, they will all have their accounts presented in this exact same manner. So that's mm-hmm. just a rule in the GEA. So, uh, yeah, I, I find it interesting. I don't find it as interesting as I used to because I've got used to it. I used to go through it in, in, with a fine-tooth comb, but I suppose uh, trying to catch them out, really, I suppose. But you can't catch them out because it's been done very, very honestly and transparently. And to be fair, all the conventions I've been at, Martin doesn't just ask for questions. He genuinely seeks them out. Like He, he, does. he does. wants people to come up and ask questions. And... I always thought that that was a healthy way to look at things because, you know, if nobody's questioning anything, then you, you, you'll just get into a rut. You get into a routine of saying, oh, sure, it doesn't really matter. Nobody's going to question it and it's done here. Whereas if you've been questioned, you're get, you're, you're going to stay on top of your game. That's that's kind of where I'm, I'm coming from with the, the the lack of engagement from the floor. Like I know your, your point earlier was, you know, you don't want, you don't want, people who don't know the ins and outs about running the situation but you definitely want people questioning and asking okay what is this i don't understand exactly what mm. is going on here why you know why did team a get worse this year or why did team team a not field in such a game whatever the case may be why are competitions running so late why is 
yeah. this going on. I, I I just want debate around the thing because I think it shows a healthy environment within the GA and Cavan, and we don't seem to get debate anymore these no. conventions. And I, I think it's something. While I don't blame the county board for it, I do think they should try to encourage it more. And if that means maybe coming out three weeks before or two weeks before holding convention a week or two later and handing out the booklet and getting around the clubs and saying, look, come up, ask questions. Let's evolve this a little bit further into something that we can debate over and discuss. I, I do think it will create a healthier GA in Cavan. I think so too. And I, you know, I, I don't hold it against the executive. I think that uh, there's an onus on the delegates there to, to, to show their interest to show their interest and don't be sitting there yawning and looking at your at your watch or looking or looking at Twitter um, get engaged but then you know this is an era where volunteers are hard pressed I suppose and everyone's busy and um, we have shorter concentration spans as well like, and I definitely have um, but yeah we'll, we'll run through some of the stuff that were in, was in the Treasurer's report Damien um, but I'll tell you what maybe we'll hear Martin Cahill first um, before we do yeah. that Okay, let's go to interview you done after convention with Martin Cahill. Joined now by Martin Cahill. Martin, I don't know whether they call you the treasurer or the new or the new uh, head of operations because I suppose you're the outgoing treasurer and you're, you're the incoming head of operations. So congratulations, first of all, on your new role. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate that. I don't really mind what people call me as long as they don't call me too early in the morning. That's the most important bit of it. Uh, yeah, look, at it's, it, it's... I'm between roles, as it were. I'm still in my day job for another five or six weeks and, and then there'll be a transition into the, the new role but I'm looking forward to it and it's, it's exciting and I suppose tonight it kind of became fail and fail, or final and fatal maybe when I wasn't elected treasurer again and now I am the head of operations and fancy title I don't know whether I'm capable of it but we'll give it a go I'll ask you about that in a second Martin but just look at look at your report which is comprehensive as always you mentioned in your report about the National League share Cavan received 47,000 euro from the National League share uh, including that was a grant of €11,000 for the trip to London, which actually cost 27000 so we were, we were down 16000 uh, as a county on, on that one. And You made the point that counties in Division 1 might be earning in, exce- in north of, of 100000 maybe 150000 yeah. That doesn't seem fair. Definitely doesn't seem fair. I suppose the reality is that the, the Division 1 gains bring in the big, the big money. Um, every county gets a kind of... A, a grant from the thing, a minimum from the National League, and they get the minimum from the National League for football and from hurling. And we effectively got the minimum uh, each year, um, this year, and then you get a certain amount extra for getting to the National League final. So, so why is 47,000 is a nice amount of money? When you take out 11,000, you take out the fact that you're in a National League final, it's, it's small money. And to a certain extent, it might be better if the teams in Division 4 got the bigger money and the teams in Division 1 got the smaller money, because it would allow them to maybe to level the playing field a bit because the rich get richer and the poor get poorer as it were Yeah, unknown to you I actually put up a tweet earlier on while you were talking with, with those figures and I use that same phrase the rich get richer because it doesn't seem like a level playing field The, the other thing I want to ask you about €310,000 players travelling expenses You made a comment that that's now paid by Crow Park players fill in their expenses on a portal and sometimes human nature it's not coming out of the local coffers as players would see it and lads maybe might be might be uh, throwing in the odd mythical mile here or there would you like to see that figure coming down or, or how do you feel about that? 
Well, there is a new arrangement, a new agreement with the GPA, and actually it's unlikely to come down because uh, the, the player's expenses has actually increased slightly. Players are paid 70 cents a mile now if they travel on their own, if they travel, if they bring people in the car um, in, a, in an attempt to improve carpooling, sustainability, carbon footprint, etc. Players will get a euro. Um, and that is paid by Crow Park. But the, I suppose many players see this as a as a GEA system, seeing as, as a Crow Park system per se, they don't realise that 70% of that charge is charged back to us as a county and we pick up that. Um, and so th- that's where I have a little bit of difficulty. It's very hard to monitor because you know you don't know whether players... Uh, in general, I have to say, it's like any group, 34, 35 players, you're going to get maybe 10%. You go to work, you know, you always get that percentage. So if you get three or four people who are not just as accurate as they might be or maybe make mistakes uh, that's unfortunate but we, we'll try and work with the players in general the players have always been very very positive and uh, as you've seen in the accounts they, you know fundraising for themselves and that they, they, they work hard as well to be fair so you're moving off from the role of treasurer after 15 years looking back on it Martin um, what, what have you enjoyed most or what were the biggest challenges I know you steered the county board through the recession which wasn't easy and through various infrastructural projects as well I suppose, look, we, re- we reorganised our finances about six, seven years ago and um, probably seven, eight years ago at this stage and I suppose steering us through um, the rough times of, of the recession, uh, getting the debt down to a very, very manageable. When I became treasurer, our, our loans were about 2.3 million or something like that. So we're now down to about 750,000, which is, and that'll be defrayed over the next five, six years. There's a plan for getting it eliminated um, I suppose the fact that we now have a million euros on deposit in Crow Park is a, is a massive plus but there's a challenge in that too because the value that that could have brought to us two years ago it's not going to be as valuable this year and if we have to wait two more years it's going to be less as well so we need to, to start moving on that and, and making making use of that um, I suppose the fact that we're, we were okay during the, the recession we were okay during Covid we were and I was at a, on a treasurer's meeting in Crow Park. Um, they fear that maybe 10 or 12 counties this year will show a loss, and a loss of probably 100,000. So the fact that we're still able to make a profit and pay our loans is very promising. That's that's the best thing. And the fact that we've completed a number of, of projects in Kingsman Breffney um, and that we're getting the polar grounds moved and that we have, we'll have we have a training pitch, um, and whether it's probably not one of the most controversial things, the ticketing system and I know not everyone likes it but it is a massive help and for a volunteer to not have money in his car or her car travelling from one venue to another it's it, you know we have to be conscious of that as well uh, get, Local gate receipts were up well in excess of 600,000 euros which is well up now you made the point that that was a 12 month accounting year as opposed to an 11 month year which was reflected in the previous accounts but even adjusted for that it's still up around 550,000 540,000 euro how are our gate receipts so high in in, in Cavan because like our system is not something that's flogging a, flogging a dead horse to get more games out of it but our, our gate receipts are extraordinarily high our gate receipts are, are great are massive um, I suppose pe- people go to it's a product they like to go to games we don't we haven't increased um, the, the, the charge to gates since 2008 I think we actually put it up in 2008 and with the recession we took it down the following year we might have been 12 euros to go to a game we've been 10 euros to go to a game for the last 13 years and to be fair it's not 
expensive as it were now having said that some people might think it's a little bit we do increase it as it goes to the semi-finals and final stages but it's it's relatively good value and then I think people just say here now we're entertainment for, for 10 euros it's not bad and if I would be much happier having a multitude of people that had than having a smaller amount of people that had at a higher rate so I think if you keep it reasonably accessible we bring people out but we are a great county for supporting you know any, any event people come out and, and support us and, and we have great supporters and that's shown by our sponsors too we have brilliant sponsors who, who, who are very 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 supportive so you know yeah gates are great brilliant um, and to be fair, we have a lot of underage football as well. We don't charge anyone to go to them games until the final stages, and we charge and we keep that reasonable. We tried this year to play them all in Kingston and Breffney, and there's a kick for a granddad or a granny or someone going to watch their, their grandson uh, play. I, I had the privilege of looking at my godson playing in a game there in Kingston and Breffney a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, there's a kick for that to get them into the big stadium and playing there. I know it has a knock on effect that the pitch gets a bit wore and that sort of stuff, but, you know, I think you have to balance it out and that's where maybe people go to them games that they wouldn't like maybe they wouldn't maybe go to it if it was in the 3G but the prospect of seeing somebody put their own playing in Kingsman Bethany that's an attraction as well So you'll take up your new role in February or so um, the county board is going to look for a treasurer to, to fill your boots as well um, nominations for that close on, on the 5th of January so what do you see as the as the main areas that you're going to be focusing on in, in 2023 in your new role Martin? I suppose one of the things we'll be trying to do is to to make the most of the assets we have in Kingsborough and Breffney, to try and maximise those. Kieran mentioned tours, stuff like that. That's things, and to try and to get more strategic about how we do things and more organised and look at our costs. Try and cut our cost base down. Try and get more value for what we're doing. Um, I see my role as trying to uh, maybe not change the world but just get a little bit more strategic about how we do things how we purchase things and maybe I'm coming from a more commercial background than Liam was and that's not a reflection on Liam Liam had different abilities that I won't ever be able to replicate so I'm, I'm hoping that I could maybe bring some of that into, into my new role and your, your role is it's a different job title it is a slightly different role than Liam's it is, yeah. I mean, I'll be semi-involved in the finances of the county board still, looking at assisting the new treasurer in a, in a more hands-on sort of thing. That My job is to support all the volunteers and to try and back them up and try and... I'll be there all day, every day. They have jobs to do, as I was trying to do for the last 14, 15 years. So my job is to try and help them. If they have a, if they have a job that they want done or if there's a task that they want done, I won't do the task, but I'll maybe prepare all the information and give it to them so that they can be better informed and better able to do their job. Well, the very best of luck, Martin. And I'm, I'm sure it will be a great success and the very best of luck with it. Well, I'll do my best. I'm sure. Look, at, the one thing I want is that if I'm not doing what I should be doing and if there's things that people think I could do and should do and would be good for the board... My number is out there. Kingsman Breffney is available. So the only way that you can improve is if people appraise you. If you're doing something wrong, you should be told about it, and then you can have a chance of making it right. So I'm, I'm open to anyone's assistance and criticism and critique and advice. So hopefully it'll go well. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, 
Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, so as, as always, very, very detailed by Martin Cahill. Um, I suppose the, when you look at the, the top-line figure, 2.3 million of an income um, up from the previous year 1.87 or 1.857 million so uh but it does include an additional month um as the the turnover from 2020 to 2021 was was to bring in um that extra month on it but it's still an increase all all things considered and mainly coming through gate receipts yeah well what martin Cal said at the very start of his address was at the outset, it's important to remember a number of unusual occurrences in our accounts. This year's accounts ended on September 30th, 2022, which is a 12-month financial year, whereas the previous year was an 11-month year. Um, so the comparisons are going to be skewed because of that. He also said that the comparisons were going to be skewed because 2021 was a COVID year, so they were a little bit off because of that. Income for the county board was $2.3 million, and expenditure was just over $1.9 million, which left a 385000 surplus for a year. Now Martin, Martin went through this in, in forensic detail. He said that one item they were, they were very proud of is that they had cash in hand of 1.25 million. So the Cabin County Board are sitting on one and a quarter million, but that money is on deposit in Crow Park or with Crow Park and it's ring fenced for the Polar Grounds project. So we'll hear from Kieran Callan, he'll talk about that as well. Um, and Martin said that was something that they hope to use in the not too distant, distant future. Um, I like his point on this that you know the, what you would have got a year ago for 1.2 million is now less than what you get now for 1.2 million and that's a valid valid point that's important to highlight that with inflation which is going up at a quite a significant pace at the moment and particularly in construction and and what we're looking at spending this money on our money is actually deflating very very quickly in, sitting in the bank in crow park that's true. That's true. Um, and we might notice it in our bank accounts, Damien, when you're when you're in, in two or three figures, but when you're getting into seven, seven figures, maybe you, you surely notice it. Um, Martin explained about amortization and, and uh, depreciation, which which I, I'm sure I could I could understand it if I if I gave it a minute or two to understand it, but uh, I've no interest in that. So he uh, too long didn't read. The answer to that is that. Cavan basically made profits for the year about 450 grand when you factor those in. Um, where did they spend that money? 156,000 of that was spent on the on the pitch at the back of the polo grounds, temporary pitch, as you call it. Uh, they spent 25 grand on gym equipment. In my in my uh time covering conventions, I have to say there's been so many times where Cavan have spent a big whack of money on gym equipment. I don't know how many gyms Cavan have kitted out. In in my time, Cavan kitted out of the gym in Breffney, where the museum is now. They kitted out of the gym out of Corlorgan at one point. They had one at the barracks in mm-hmm. uh, Dublin Road. They had one in a in a purpose built building at Breffney as well. There probably have been others. There have been a, an endless amount of gyms, and there always seems to be money going into gym equipment. Maybe it needs to be modernized all the time. Well, it does, but and again, I know, I know this from uh, being involved in a club that at one point they were they were just tossing out so gym equipment 
kind of does get outdated at a certain point or, or some machines. If you remember years ago, you used to have a machine to do your leg curls and a, your 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 hamstring curls, your quad curls. Now those machines are kind of outdated. You don't use them. You use free weight. So it, it does need modernization. And I will say one thing, the, 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 the freestanding gym, the gym there at the 3G pitch in Kingspan Breffney, it, it is packed to the gills with equipment now. Like it, you can see all the equipment still there. They haven't taken anything out. Mm. Nothing has gone from it. So now that you have a person who is overseeing that and consistently year in, year out, there's nothing going missing anymore. Yeah. I do think things were going missing maybe in the past. Okay. You don't worry about that to me. Uh, one thing I will say is that, that Declan Vogue uh, interviewed a fellow one time. I won't say who, who he is, but he was from one of the northern counties, and he had he hadn't he had retired a few years before that. And he asked him why did he retire? Like he said, you're it was still another couple of years, and you you mastered. <laughs> when I got to the stage, he was a hurler, and I think he said he said I wanted to play hurling. He says I got to the stage where I brought some lad in with a whistle, and he started telling me to lift big heavy things here and put them down over there. He said it <laughs> went too far away from hurling for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so 25 grand of gym equipment. They put 100 grand into the Breffney Gallery Museum. Now, uh, most of that's going to be covered by grant funding. So that sounds like a big figure for that. But they'll be getting all that back. They haven't got that back yet. They spent 30 grand in the kitchen, on the kitchen, and this, they spent 18 grand on on their bank loans. So the gym equipment as well. There's a grant coming for the gym equipment. Um, to talk briefly about, about the rest of the income, uh, the gate receipts he described as very encouraging. There were six hundred and forty thousand, which were up from one hundred and seventy-two thousand. But there was huge mitigating factors there. Obviously, last year we didn't have full gates. The exact quote from Martin was: "He says that figure is a bit askew." I welcome it, but the way the split season has played out in twenty twenty-one, the senior, intermediate, and junior quarterfinals, semi-finals, and finals were in October. This year, those games were in September. So effectively, we have them twice in the same financial year. So. That was thirteen thousand tickets, or about one hundred and twenty grand. So you can knock one hundred and twenty grand off that. It still brings it down to five hundred and twenty thousand euro. So mm. they're still taking over half a million euro on gay receipts, which is fantastic. That's that's yeah. a hell of a figure there. In in twenty nineteen, which is the most recent year where we had a proper run at the county championships, <clears throat> and no pandemic restrictions, there were about four hundred and twenty thousand. So a hundred grand increase, and that has been a trend as well over the years covering conventions. Um, they've gone up and up and up and as he said to me I think it was on that clip that he said to me um, they haven't increased the, the cover price of going into games since 2008 or something I think they put them up back then and then put them back down so um, it goes to show the interest is definitely there and again he talked about the, the help of Tom Moore and John Keating uh, and also Club Spot yeah. An interesting comment, he said, I know not everybody is happy with it, but 99% of the people are happy. It does work and it's a good way of going about things. There was no, there is an ongoing row and it's covered in the set this week between Councillor Sarah O'Reilly and Cavan County Board. A bit of a war of words there where she said that that uh, that she got an angry phone call and stuff. She was quoted in the set this week. There was no mention of that because she was, she wanted the council to write to the County Board to uh, ask them to bring in cash cashed and um, torn styles or whatever again uh, that wasn't mentioned on the night now here's an interesting one a really interesting one and we could we could knock a full podcast out of this one Damien but we won't Cavan's National League share was 47,000 euro okay so that's what Cavan were given um, by the GEA from from 
all the money that comes in for for National League gets goes to Crow Park, and then you, you're get it's divvied out to you. And the teams in Division One get way more than what what you get. And now that we were in the bottom division this year in in hurling and football, so we ended up with forty seven thousand. That forty seven thousand because we got London away, there was an eleven thousand euro grant uh, given. So it would have it would have been less than forty seven thousand. There was an eleven thousand euro grant towards the trip to London. That trip to London actually cost twenty seven thousand. So Cavan had to find sixteen grand. You imagine sixteen grand. It it looks like a drop in the ocean when you're looking at two point three million, but it's still a lot of money. Mm. And so Cavan, you get you get thrown away to to um to London. Mm. You're looking at a sixteen grand hole in it. Well, Cavan were also in the National League final, and Martin made that point. When you consider we were in the National League final and you receive additional money for that, and the for, and that the forty seven thousand includes Horland as well it's a small amount and I think it's I think it's very elitist that the top counties get more division one counties could be getting up near 140 150,000 multiples of what Cavan get and that will compound year on year it's do you know what it it does kind of reiterate that the GA while we, we we pay lip service to trying to make it an equal organisation. We're not really doing it. Like if, I think you make the point in that, you know, if you really were, you'd flip it. Like, does that 150 odd thousand that Dublin get uh, for playing in Division 1, does that really make a difference to their financial accounts at the end of the year? Or would it make a massive difference to, uh, you know, a, uh, a lesser county, a smaller county, a, a Longford, a, a Leitrim, a, a Sligo, whoever you want to take in, it it would make a massive, massive difference to what they can do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So if, if we're really trying to balance the thing out, it's one of the things you could look at. You could you could look at and say, well, let's financially support the weaker counties, and now govern it properly and make sure that the use of those funds is is being well used. That 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 the funds are being um, put into coaching and games and actually getting down to the grassroots of coaching and games or development squads or whatever way you want to do it. But like in, in American football, you you get the draft pick on the basis of how good your season was or how bad your season was. You, you know, if you have a very bad season, you get first pick. If you have a very good season, you get last pick. And Maybe we need to look at something like this as a balance that your National League gate receipts going back to your county, you know, the, the, the worst team in the country should get the highest amount. Again, it, it, it's something I think we should Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Or we either, we either do that and then we can keep going on about what a great democratic organisation we are or we keep doing what we're doing and we just quit this shit about we're, being, we're such a a bastion of equality in the GEA because we're, we're far from it. We're as, as elitist as it comes. Um, yeah, some of the other figures very quickly because we're, we're running up against the clock here. Um, yeah, there were no questions on the on the income at all. So Martin finished going through that part of the account. He talked about any questions on the income. Uh, there were no questions on that. So just to give you a couple of the headline sponsors here, Damien, um, obviously Kingspan, 75,000. They, they donated. That didn't include the naming rights on the stadium, uh, as far as I know. Um, that's up to one hundred twenty-five thousand now. O'Neill's eighty-seven thousand. That's basically gear. Uh, O'Reilly Group twenty-seven thousand. 
Oh, sorry, sorry. Kingspan is down from one two five to seventy five. That's right, but it's going back up again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because they're going to fund the academy manager's role. Um, I, I, and you'll have the name and rights of Kingspan Brefni in it as well. So I, I think it's going up again. I don't know. Was this mentioned? In the, sorry, maybe that it, I think possibly that includes the name and rights. I think it does include the name and rights there actually. Um, coming up to two hundred thousand though, it was my understanding per annum. For the po- years, yeah, possibly right. Um, yeah, some of the other interest you have all the sponsors there, like McAvoy Super Value, nine thousand euro, Romar Heating, seven and a half thousand, Michael Fitzpatrick Architects, seven thousand, Brady's Arbor, five thousand euro, and so on. You have all the, you have all of these um associate sponsors and sponsors of various competitions, and they all they all are thanked for for what they give at the meet at the meeting. Um, some of the interesting ones. Commission on sales of replica jerseys. So Calvin will get a, a cut of every Calvin jersey that's sold. €55,000, euro, which apparently Martin Cal said compares very well with other counties. So a, a lot of a lot of people buy the Calvin jersey, particularly parents, I would say, buying for kids. Uh, shop rent, €15,000. Streaming from Calvstream, €23,500, which was up uh, doubled on the previous year. Uh, program sales, €9,700 now. Uh, some of those figures would be to be a contra figure somewhere else. Like that, it might I don't know it might have cost in around the same. I, I would imagine the county board aren't printing programs to make money on it. That's just a, something they do for the for uh, supporters and they, it washes its face. Um, yeah. So I won't go through all the rest of the figures because it might get a little bit boring. But the one that always that people always look at is the county team's administration expenses. Now this is the one which uh, Martin Cal is always at pains to to make the point that this is not the senior intercounty men's football team this is all of our team so basically whatever teams that Calvin send out in football and Horan, this is the figure that covers all of our teams 800,000 euro Calvin spent preparing their teams uh, in 2022 which is which is a big figure really is a big figure like the Horlers didn't have a good year um, minor and under 20 aren't playing in the Ulster Minor Championship or the Ulster Under-20 Championship. So our senior hoarders had a short season, uh, as short as it could be. I'd say it was the minimum number of games. Our senior mm-hmm. footballers had a long year. Like they played a league final, they played a Talchon final. Like We only actually finished, whatever it was, two or three weeks before Galway and Kerry finished. So yeah. really and truly, that expense for a lot of it. But 800 grand, definitely the highest ever spent on teams in Cavan. Uh, to get the breakdown of that, you go into uh, players travelling expenses made up the biggest part of that or team travelling expenses should say that came to €311,000 which is the highest figure on record for team travelling expenses. The point was made that uh, by Martin this was probably the most interesting most interesting thing he, he said on the night. Um, he said that when a Okay, so it used to be that you fill in your travelling expenses or whatever, it was paid by the county board. Now you go online and, and there's like an online portal uh, on, on the GA website or something and it's filled in there. And he says, when a player thinks he's been paid by Crow Park, he views it slightly differently. To which immediately alarm bells started to ring for me and I was like, geez, are we, are we hearing the treasurer saying now that players are filling their expenses? As you heard when I, when I interviewed him afterwards, he, he clarified what he was talking about. But... Uh, it is a big figure. It's three hundred eleven thousand two hundred and sixty. Like in twenty sixteen, it was two hundred grand. The players' travelling expenses. So mm. we're up now to a to an all time high. 
we're back we're back above uh, Celtic Tiger levels when thing was just running rampant back then like so we have to remember that the rate of mileage has gone up uh, if you if Crow Parker and trying to encourage fellas to carpool as well as better for the environment as well and if you're driving and you're carpooling some of you're bringing other lads with you I think it's a euro a mile is the rate now so it is a generous rate hmm. so yeah so that's 311,000 that was the biggest part of, of the team so it's, it's also also within that point Martin Cahill was, was, was quick to point out and, and correctly so an important point out 70% of that is still paid for yeah. within the county board so it's not as if their you know players' expenses are being just thrown up into Crow Park and, and it doesn't affect the Cavan Cavan GA. It does, it massively affects it. So it's something I don't know if that's a, if that's an improvement on the system because I do believe, I genuinely believe that the Cavan players were very, very good, very prudent um over the last number of years. I think really in the last seven probably eight years, the, the, the whole thing was tightened up. And I know the players took pride in the fact that they weren't, as a group yeah. of players, they weren't milking the system, you know? So, and I do think that that was very, very important. So it'd be you a wouldn't be, You wouldn't be grudge at any player, like, um, they're entitled to what, what they're entitled to. But um, certainly, like, the, the whole yarn that Joe Brawley used to spin about county players being indentured slaves and, and you know there's a lot of county players if they got half a chance like they wouldn't be long telling you about how hard it is and the sacrifices they make and so on and um, look I think county players are, are well reimbursed they're well and, they're well, and they're well looked after and that's, that's that's an important point like between nutrition and um, grant funding and you know if you're if you're in third level and you're a county player um you should be on a grant and most of them are getting some sort of a, a bursary there from the college as well. And rightly so. So I would imagine that that the fellow who's sitting in third in third year in DIT and is on the county panel is financially better off than his mate who's not on a county panel. I'd say he's probably a lot better off. He's probably um which which is as it should be. It's a it's a sacrifice uh to or it's definitely a commitment. Uh, yeah. It got to the stage where there was a roving mic going around and nobody was talking. And somebody from the top table, I like, took a note of it, so I haven't attributed it in my notes, but I think it was Kieran Callahan. He he actually said, there must be somebody. So they were yeah. looking to get someone to comment. Eventually, I think it was Willie Gohan, the, the Corlin man, who he asked about the cash styles. And was there any option to do something like that? And... Uh, they said, look, there's a motion to the Force County Board meeting and we'll discuss that in January. Um, Kieran Callan asked, was there any positive feedback to the, to the to a fantastic set of accounts? Tom Riley from, from the top table made the point that, that Martin has been, been producing excellent accounts for a long number of years. Every penny is accounted for. And, and he asked for a round of applause for Martin Cahill, which was forthcoming. Um, Martin thanked a few people in. Then it went on to, to the coaching officer, Kevin Shields' presentation. Uh, he talked about the player and coaching pathway. Um, talked about how clubs formed the biggest part of that report. So basically, there was a report issued last year. It was going to be a new pathway, and the general sense of it was that there was very little progress made on that in the last twelve months. Kieran Callan touched on that because he said, "Look, you you might think that there's been nothing done, but there's a lot being done behind the scenes." A presentation from from Kevin Shields. Um, he, he we discussed it, and basically. Was pro- they said they had problems because there was a uh, recruitment embargo from Crow Park, so they weren't able to replace some of the, the county board coaches who moved on. What they're going to do, do, part of this is going to be that they will 
each club will nominate two coaches and those coaches will be brought in they'll be exposed to a high quality coaching environment and they'll be trained up and um, that's the model they're looking to introduce in 2023 talked about doing SWOT analysis and so on any questions for Kevin no questions for Kevin um, any questions on the youth board report no isn't that no. the point in that I, I, and again I, I'm not saying that, that people should be should be just given out for the sake of it but there was a big song and dance last year about this Cavan G uh, player pathway and coaching pathway report. And the last 16 pages, I think, of that are all recommendations. And very, very little, if any, have been actually implemented. And yet nobody brings it up at convention and says, well, why have these not... Give us the detail as to why these haven't been implemented. That's That was one of the disappointing things for me. That, that, like, that was a big... Is is this Cavan GA player pathway and coaching pathway report going to be another Peter Quinn report? Like we we how long was that shelved and and, and ignored? I, I I was very disappointed because I was very excited last year coming away from convention going, lovely, there's there's going to be a lot of progress made here, you know, along with this report. And yet we haven't seen that progress 12 months in. Yeah, look at I can only go by what I saw being presented on the night and I thought Kevin Shields was quite authoritative in his presentation. Just a lot of graphs and definitely looked good. Um, and no reason to doubt his bona, fi- bona fide is there, but I think I think we can accept that there wasn't the progress made in the last 12 months on that that people would have liked to have seen made. Kieran Callan effectively accepted that. Um, and, you know, like I... <laughs> I remember being at a convention one time and there was another there was another I won't say what club he's from, but he was another you want to call him a crank or whatever, but there was another lad who used to used to fire some hand grenades up at the top table and he talked about the expenditure and he said uh this expenditure is going north and he says if this is still going north this time next year, he says, you're gonna have questions to answer. And I put it in my piece. And the following year when expenditure went through the roof and and uh the same guy actually commented on the on the set of accounts, the, how how exceptional they were, and they were outstanding, and well done to the county board. So, mm. you know, you're relying on you're relying on delegates. Sometimes they don't have a dog in the fight, or sometimes they're quite happy with what they see. Like completely, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and criticize uh, Kevin Shields because I I think there was an embargo on recruitment, and that Again. probably derailed their plans completely. Again, this is yeah. Well, it definitely would have altered, and and I do like their idea around um, football development officers, um, which I think is 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 a good idea, and it's a good workaround to Cavan trying to implement the, the, the player pathway and coaching pathway um, report. But um, I I get it, it's more my point that of all the delegates of all the forty or, or plus clubs. Nobody wanted to ask the questions. Nobody wanted to get down and and say, "Okay, why isn't this?" There's 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 a hundred odd recommendations here. Why aren't these being implemented? Give us the detail. You know, I'm sure they have valid answers. Yeah, it's 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 the lack of passion around wanting to know what's going on here. It's it's like we're we're just happy that things are are mowing on. I I I equally think that it's disappointing that nobody stood up and said, well, well, actually, just looking at your report, Kevin, here, 
And the increase in the number of sessions in development squads, academy squads, as they're labelled, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Like to see the under 16s completing 72 sessions, like that's that is brilliant. That's absolutely excellent. That's a great turnaround, and that's for benefit. The under 14s, uh, he, he recognizes that there's more work to be done in those. The under 15s hitting 45 sessions in the year. Now we're back to getting the number of sessions in that we were doing you know, in, in the late noughties, uh, early, early teens of this, you know, of this century, which, which led on into successful underage campaigns as on the 21 and, and minor level and McCrory level. So, um, you know, that should be highlighted and complimented as much as questions should be asked around that Calvin Clare pathway. So it's, it, I, I just, I, I just came away from it kind of saying to myself, I just, you know, I, I asked a lot of people what was the questions that were thrown up at the top table, and it was like well, there wasn't really any. Nobody yeah. had anything to do with nobody, nobody questioned anything to do with football, hurling, handball, or anything. And and even if it is handball, it it's still it's a lack of lack of motivation or lack of excitement around it. That that you know the people who are passionate about it should be asking these questions. But anyway, so, someone should ask the question: Why was Paul Fitzpatrick seated tenth in the Ulster Junior Singles last year when he had made the quarterfinal the year before? But not one person cared enough, Damien. But but even the point that Kevin Shields made: more work needs to be done than on the fourteen level. Really, you would have liked to see someone say, "Well, hold on, can I ask a question here? What happened there? What? Why wasn't it done? Why wasn't it done? Like that's not being personal. That that's that's when you go for office, it's just essentially political office. Like you're being held, you're." You may be a volunteer, but um, you know there's accountability there as well. And I think that I think that we are moving in the right direction. Did it exceptionally good under 15 teams this year who who made an All Ireland final uh, in the under 15 competition and be, uh, played Kerry, ran into a really good Kerry team and and played them. And I think the, the other team might have beaten Kerry. I think I saw in that report as well. So that was brilliant as well. So um, yeah, look, you'd like to see you'd like to see. Um, I would say those fellas, like Kevin and those lads, would welcome questions. I completely agree. Yeah, because in the va- in the vacuum, that's where that's where there's grumbles and there's whispers, and they don't want that either. Like you imagine if, like, that could happen with accounts or something, and and you know if it's not really scrutinised, and Martin Cahill kind of asks himself the questions in the sense that he scrutinises it of his mm-hmm. own volition up there. If it's not, then people say, well, Jesus, what, what happened there? Like, what was there with that figure? Why was that not mentioned? And people automatically presume that something's not been done well. So it's a pity that more people didn't didn't tease that one out. A couple of last points. Tom Lynch was was elected as um as president of the county board, which I was delighted to see because I'm I'm friends with Tom and uh one of the, just a great man, a great character, a lovely, lovely man, and and by all accounts he's a brilliant footballer. Tom said he came as a great surprise to him. A great honour, and it's a privilege to be president for the coming year. Talk about his love for Calvin football, and how he grew up watching it, and he dreamt of emulating those great heroes. And then he said, like, uh, he went on and played with Calvin, and he said we were pretty successful. We had our disappointments as well, as well. We, we had some really good days, and we were very dedicated. Um, but we used to come up short in Crow Park. It's amazing, like those ads in the sixties. They're still hard over that. And yeah. here was here was Tom, nearly sixty years on this year from his first. Uh, Ulster title where they beat the, the three in a row seeking All-Ireland champions there and, and Tom was still talking about half apologising for not getting the job done at Crow Park but he's got four Ulster medals and, and an Ulster Junior medal to his name um, and two Wembley medals 
So the other vice president then, Oliver Galligan is is a new vice president. Um the other vice presidents, do I have, I have a list of them here somewhere? Uh, Paddy Riley from Cavan Gales is one of them off the top of my head. Peter Galligan, I think, from Crushalaw, uh, and Oliver Galligan. So next year will be Peter, the following year will be Paddy, the following year will be Oliver. Uh, on the 16th of January, the new, um, they're going to look to appoint a new treasurer, closing day for nominations, 5th of January. Um, then there was a motion about the minor football. Kilgarry said they didn't want to talk about that on the night. Uh, there was a show of hands carried unanimously. Kieran Callahan mentioned Aidan O'Dwyer from Mutch Connor, who's attending his 50th convention. He got a big round of applause as well. So, um, did we go to the audio from Kieran? Maybe we'll do that now. Yeah, yeah. But just before we go to that audio, the, the motion from Killigarry, um, to touch on it brief, briefly, it is that clubs or sorry, county boards have the opportunity to return to under 18s, under 16s, under 14s, under 12s, um, if they wish. I, I I think I'm right in saying that, that that was their motion, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I don't have a, the wording of the motion in front of me, but I'm, yeah, off the top of my head, that's what it was. But they didn't speak on it on the night. Um, but there was no need for it. Was it was unanimously backed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. What so what happens there? It's interesting, like to observe the sort of etiquette of the whole thing. They call for a show of hands. Uh, everyone raised their hand, and you know, not everyone in the room raised their hand for it because I had a look around but the vast majority did and then Liam McCabe says unanimously carried so that's how it works uh, the secretary will observe it and he will just, he will deem it to have been unanimously carried or carried or whatever carried by a majority or whatever the terminology is which is interesting there's all sorts of etiquette you get people who will speak and they'll be talking about Mr Chairman and I'd like to say this through the chair and all this kind of crack but we didn't get much of that the last night um, and I'd say we were out of there in an hour and two quarters, which is one of the, the shortest conventions, probably the shortest convention on record. The roads were bad on the night as well, in fairness. People probably wanted to get get home. But uh, back in the day, the convention used to take three days, and sometimes mm. they'd come back the following week and, and go at it again to, to tease stuff out. But back then, you debated every single report. And the other thing on that is we're in an era of instant communication now as well. So it probably makes it probably makes sense that this thing is not going to take three days anymore either, like. A lot of this information would have been disseminated throughout the year as it went by, and people wouldn't have been waiting for. And and people might have had queries that they, that one or two emails sorted a few weeks ago or a few months ago. Whereas back then, you know, you're probably waiting for your for your showdown at the at the convention. So it's a different era. It is. It is. Let's go to the audio uh, where you spoke with the chairman of Calvin GA, Kieran Callahan. Okay, I'm joined now by uh, the chairman of Cavan County Board, Kieran Callaghan, uh, after another successful convention this evening. Ran off pretty smoothly this evening, Kieran. I suppose a lot of frost on the roads. People want to get away, and uh, no major clangers thrown up from the floor. And he's here happy with that. No, no, Paul. No, it went very well. Um, a lot of delegates was here tonight. I know there's a few missing, but whoever was here, you know, considering the frost on the roads, wanted to get home early. But it, you know, it went very, very well. There was no issues. Um, I think Martin presented a massive set of accounts um, to convention. He went through it in great detail. Um, all the reports is done so like you know overall I think people are trusting that the the work has been done there's a lot of hard work being done by an awful lot of people Paul at county board level and at club level and officerships officerships and subcommittees everyone's working hard 
the, the Polo Grounds um, project, Centre of Excellence, is going on there. A lot of fundraising has gone on. In Martin Cahill's report, it was mentioned that there's over a million euro raised. That's ring-fenced. That's held on deposit in, in Crow Park. So can you give us an update of what, um, where that's at and what are we likely to see next with that? Okay, <clears throat> from the from Cavan County Council, um, who were the lead on this project, um, Cavan GA and the Royal School are partners to the project. Um, the design team has been appointed but it can't be released because there's a, there's a uh, standoff period um, until they accept their appointment. Um, so they will be commence work in January and will be announced then you know, who it is by Cavan County Council, um, who the design team is. Um, we look forward to working with them and getting stuck in now and getting, you know, actually what's going to work and what's not going to work, Paul. And I suppose that's the big thing now. Um, looking really looking forward to it and you know bringing it to fruition. I suppose that is the big thing here. Um, of what it is because it's fantastic we are, we are really stuck for pitches and that's a big problem and it's a big challenge and we have to with ladies football and the growth of ladies football it has doubled the take on facilities over the last 10 years and that is the biggest challenge we have is the use of facilities I know pitches is part of the of the new centre of excellence but for people who aren't fully cognizant of, of what exactly the back area of the stadium is going to look like in in X number of years time like what all is going to be there well from the GA point of view we'll have three full size fully floodlit um, pitches which means that in Kingsman Bradley then we'll have six pitches we'll have the main stadium pitch we'll have the bank training pitch we'll have the 3G plus three more full grass pitches which will be a phenomenal centre of excellence and it's a very unique situation Cavan GA is sitting on 52 acres of land in the middle of the town which is unbelievable there's no other county in Ireland with the same um, we have a fantastic stadium um, and it there's going to be a new road structure, obviously. There's going to be a new road from, from um, the top of Kingspan over and across by in front of the Royal School and out to the Kilishandra Road, which is all part of this development. Um, it's massive plans. It's a massive, massive adventurous project, to say, by the council, um, but also by Cavendry and Royal School. Everyone is very enthusiastic to make it happen. And the Sports Hub is going to be in there as well, so that's going to be a, a county council-led project which is going to cater for all sports in as part of this same campus. Yeah, yeah you're looking at domes, swimming pools, hockey pitches, um, all different types of small arenas, um, meeting rooms, changing rooms, indoor areas, you know, so it's, it's a massive development. It's, it really is a massive development. And, you know, obviously it's going to be done on a stage basis, not all going to be done together. And obviously it's going to depend on funding and what phases goes first as well. And, that, you know, and there's a lot of work to be done, but, it, like, you know, I think everyone's up for it. This role of chairman here, and I know you run your own business, it's a busy time in construction, it's a busy time all around the country. How, how much time does it take up being chairman of a county board? Um... People won't believe this, Paul, but I've probably been in about 30 hours a week at it. Um, when you look at the report tonight and the amount of different things going on, like the GA is more than just uh, games orientated. There's so much else going on, and I have to you know, look at the stronger programme this year. Um, the Sensory Wall in Kingsburn, Breffney. Then the All-Stars programme. And i just to tell you one story, Paul. I didn't say it tonight, but I think it's very important. It goes out to people. Um, it was the all-stars programme where people with dis- children with disabilities were brought in to different hubs for 10 weeks and we finished up we brought all the hubs together in Kingsburn Breffney one night and there was 200 over 200 between children and parents and helpers and I want to talk, thank all those that coached trained 
all the volunteer helpers around at every hub and they were absolutely brilliant with the children with, with special needs and it was it was a phenomenal achievement and the night was in it we actually done the food on the pitch for them and, and for the parents and all that so it was a great area to mix and talk to people and there's one lady I was talking to and I just said to her you know started talking about where she was from and what she was doing and it she started telling me about this is one hour in the week that she so looked forward she got a break from minding her child and the tears started to flow and she says I'm not a GEA person she says I know nothing about the GEA and she says you don't know what this has meant to me and she was a single mother and I just felt so you know proud that we were fit to do something for her and the GEA is more than just it's that's what I mean it's more than just games and that's only one other element of it you know you've um, you know from handball hurling you know, obviously rounders, there's so many different codes and you're into ladies football, camogie. There is so many different areas and so much going on at every level. You know, you take the facilities of Kingspan Breffney, maintaining the facilities, all your county teams, your county trainings. Um, and the recent addition, you know, of opening the stadium up with the Breffney Gallery. And I think that's been a massive achievement and it will be now. We're opening it up and it will be released through social media what day it's open up between Christmas and New Year and that's the first day of tours we're going to have tours people are giving tours of Kingsman Breffney tea and coffee and you know we want people to come along and see the experience of the stadium and get this up and running and open it up to different groups um, it's all about inclusion bringing people in bringing people from all different areas and all different walks of life and we want to say we want to, we want, you, we want everyone here this is all inclusive GEA and the other thing is we, we do need volunteers Paul you know there is a struggle for volunteers and it's very easy for people to make excuses why they can't do something right and you know we can all make excuses and we can all give reasons why we can't do it and people can give reasons why using child protection as an issue or oh, I have to do all these courses but when they put their child into a, a, a venue they expect nothing only the highest standards for their own children mm. do you know what I mean so like I say to people you know get involved don't make excuses get involved it's a great fun place I have to say when you go into Kingsman Brafty on every day it's a real community of people um, and on a big match day you're talking about 400 volunteers obviously there's some you know you have the Gardaí and um, the fire officer and people like that who, who who is a different level but then you have the stewards you have the ticket sellers you have the uh, the styles people you have all different volunteers working in there and it is I have to say it's a great fun location mm. and anyone that thinks you know it's a chore and it's actually not it's a great to get a laugh a smile and a good thick skin on you to take the slagging and that's what it's all about Paul but it's you have to enjoy it the last two things I want to ask you about, Kieran, and they're, they're sort of related. Um, you mentioned the player pathway. La- <coughs> this time last year, there was big plans for the player pathway. Progress didn't go in a straight line in, in this year, and you kind of said that people mightn't realise, or it might look like there's a lot of progress we made, but you were making the point there's a lot being done behind the scenes. So maybe if you'd explain what's going on there. And the other thing is the academy manager, a new role that's going to be funded by Kingspan. Um, that's going to be advertised in, I think you said, eight or ten weeks. So if you if you just finish up by informing us how those are going. Um, yeah, well, so the academy manager, I want to thank Kingspan for coming on board to fund the position, which is an outstanding achievement by Kingspan. And Kingspan has the name and rights and of, of Kingspan Breffney, and they're also the team sponsorship of all the senior county teams. And we want to thank Kingspan for what they've done. As a local employer, they've 166 bases throughout the world. Their main headquarters in Calvin. You know, people must realise we are so lucky to have Kingspan with us and supporting Calvin GA the way they support us um, is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, so we, we've we've a bit of work to do. Obviously, 
you know, all employment things now has to be done properly. Um, there's roles and responsibilities of who's doing what, where and when. And that all has to be sorted out. Um, and just a structure put on it and, you know, actually what they're going to do and when they're going to do it and how they're going to do it. Um, so, you know, we're not taking this lightly. Um, we're taking it very serious and we'd expect to be advertising within 8 to 12 weeks. Okay, and the player pathway, which which was sort of a new um, policy document that came out last year for for um, bringing on young pl- players through the system, how is that progressing? Yeah, well, as you said, Paul, we had a struggle this year. There was a moratorium on employing coaches from Crow Park. Um, we hit a few roadblocks along the way, but I have no doubt about it. We are definitely on course now, and we're going to start making strides this year. A lot of work has happened this year. It may not see it on the ground, but a lot of stuff done behind the scenes um, and I can tell you um, we will be progressing with this and hopefully fairly you know well, I say fairly positively um, because it is a great plan you know and it is our strategic plan for coaching for the future and I suppose starting with the clubs or the coaches going into clubs rather than not as much reducing the number of hours in schools and increasing the number of hours in clubs and that's a positive and that's going to start in February this year so that's a massive change and it's a massive change for Cavan GA and a very positive change Again, coming, this is what now, his second last year. So next year will be his last convention as chairman. That yeah. Be right? yeah, I think so, yeah. It's, uh, I suppose, a lot done. And taken back to one of the initiatives, and, and, and you can see it in the in the accounts, the, the kitchen making 15,000 profit. Um, you know, that that's turned the situation where food was costing a huge amount to Cavan and GA, and now it's actually turning into profit. So I think that's a... That's another one of the success stories within it. Um, yeah. In general, Kieran, uh, he 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 recognizes there the the academy manager going to be. Did, does he state in that that it's going to be advertised in the next eight to twelve weeks? Or I think that's what he said. Yeah. Do, do you know what? It's it's. It's not that clear. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks as well since I did that interview, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said. It'll be eight to eight to ten weeks. I think that they're going to be sticking that that job up for advertising it. Yeah, it's, again, I, I, and again, I, I'm, I'm obviously invested in in this in in football terms, but it sounds like a long term or a long time before you can advertise it. That brings you up into February slash March, and then you're into interviews and appointments, and it's going to be halfway through next year before that role is actually implemented. By the sounds of it, which would be a disappointment because it's very difficult then to get a full year work. For, for the incoming academy manager to, to really make a difference, but um, yeah, yeah, Kings, Kingspan have come on board to, to fund that as well, which is a, which is a big a big investment from Kingspan. The other thing he talked about there was the was the polo grounds. Yeah, so the design team have been appointed for for the new sports hub and the polo grounds. Uh, so there's a cooling off period at the moment uh, for that. So they can't name who it is. Uh, to get both parties get a couple of weeks to get to get cold feet or whatever. So that's why he wasn't in the position to name the design team, but that's starting to move forward now because I know there was a little bit of impatience around the place about that, particularly with some of the lads in America who raised money for it. But mm. it's it's moving on now too. So and people people don't realise the scale of what's going on at the um at the back of Breffney Park. There, it's going to be it's going to be massive. People don't actually realise how big it's going to be. It's going to be something on a scale that we have never seen before in, in County Cavan. Yeah, yeah. Again, and. and it's it's one of those things that yeah, progress is slower than everybody expected. Like I think last year at at convention, um, 
the in in Kieran Callan's speech, it was the Polo Grounds update that design stage would be finished by 2022. Um, you know, it, it, it's slower than expected because there is a lot going to happen in it. My only my only fear for this is I I grew up in Abbey Street, and I remember when I was growing up. 30 odd years ago in Abbey Street they were talking about Abbey Lands and you know oh, this is going to be great it's going to change Cavan Town it's going to be fabulous nothing has changed in Cavan Town and it's 30 years on so I just hope that the Polo Grounds doesn't get latched into something with Cavan County Council and basically be held up as a result of that I think Liam or um, Martin Cal's point about the, the money is it's it's we're going to get less bang for our 1.2 million in five years time than we would if we spent it this year coming and, and so on. So it's something we'd like to see progress. You know, it's uh, it's something that, that is definitely needed, massively needed is that, that Polo Grounds centre of excellence. Hopefully, hopefully. But again, it's not, it's not true lack of work or lack of effort by anybody on the county board that these things are being held up. You know, I know that, that they're all definitely putting their shoulder to the wheel, but sometimes progress is, is slower than we'd all like. Um, this is going to be a funny one, Paul, but I'd say we have a podcast about convention that was as long as convention. <laughs> yeah, probably, it probably was. And you know what, Damien, we ask more questions. <laughs> we definitely do. <laughs> definitely do. Huge vested interest in the whole thing. But Paul, thanks a million for your time and thanks to everybody at convention uh, and to Kieran Callahan and um, Martin Cahill for their time with those interviews. Uh, we will be bringing you our Kiko Sports All Star um twenty twenty All Star team next week on the um show so don't forget to check it out during Christmas but from all of us here on We Are Cavan want to wish you a very very happy Christmas hope you have a, a wonderful and safe time with all your family and friends around and uh, we keep the podcast coming over Christmas getting ready for the Doctor McKenna Cup in the new year and of course the horrors are out in the is it Connor Mackel Duff. Cup is that what it's called? Uh, Connor Michael Duff is the handballer, unless he's got a cup out for oh, Holland. <laughs> would have had. There's there is a there is the equivalent of the uh, of the McKenna Cup now for Holland, and I I just seen the name of it. It's Connor McGurk, the Connor McGurk Cup. So, uh, Cavan will be partaking in that. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as well, um, in the coming weeks. So looking forward to all that action, Paul. Thanks a million. Thanks, Demo.